This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. At the height of the George Floyd protests in 2020, the Denver Public School Board took a big step. They voted to remove police or school resource officers from our schools. But now, after two high-profile shootings at East High School earlier this year, they voted to bring police back. Board Vice President Ayante Anderson has been against SROs since he was first elected in 2019, and he's on the show today to share his side of the debate that's tearing the DPS community apart. Today is Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Director Ayante Anderson, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thanks for having me. So the DPS board recently voted after three months of debate to return school resource officers or SROs back into DPS schools. Can you explain why the board voted the way it did? I, I would love to be able to give you a logical explanation that's grounded in facts and data, but there isn't one. Our school board voted to return school resource officers on a 4-3 decision, mainly, in my opinion, based off of political expediency and trying to appease uh, angry individuals who have been emailing the school board. But we don't have the data to support that the original resolution actually failed, which is very concerning and frustrating because we did amazing work um, and had a bunch of data to show us that SROs had become harmful for our school system and were causing our black and brown children to be over-identified in the school-to-prison pipeline. I mean, obviously, you're, you're saying data sort of bears this out, but why do you think SROs in schools are such a bad idea? You know, I'm, I'm not against our members of law enforcement. I'm not anti-police. What I am anti is anti the school to prison pipeline. I am anti bad policing. And when we have a system that not every officer in our department is trained on how to interact with kids, that's problematic. When we have a system where officers are paying out $14 million in lawsuits, that's problematic. Um, and then when we have a system that over-identifies children of color, in six years, we had over 5,000 tickets issued that's a problem. I know adults that have been issued tickets when they were children in the Denver public schools and are still facing negative consequences as adults and have not been able to move past that. And for me, the data supported that school resource officers necessarily weren't stopping school shootings like Uvalde, where there were 378 officers present while elementary school children were being murdered. In Highlands Ranch, there was an armed individual who was uh, at the STEM school when Kendra Castillo lost his life. Even the United States Department of Justice has said school shootings are 2.8 times more likely to happen with an SRO present than not. 
So this isn't my personal opinion. This is an opinion rooted in facts. And it just is not what we need to be focusing on as the Denver public schools. So you mentioned angry emails in favor of returning police to schools. I know there's lots of people who feel that way, but aren't angry. Like there are lots of parents and students who say they'd feel safer with police in schools. What do you say to those folks? Those individuals may feel safer, but the students that look like me, Mm -hmm. the 80% of our district uh, that identifies as students of color, those are the ones who are going to be overly identified in the school to prison pipeline. And you may have students of color that say they, they would like to have an SRO, but we have done surveys at 13 schools and the deputy superintendent touted those surveys and said 80% of the students support SROs at this specific school. And he started off in Southwest Denver and then went to Montbello. But what he didn't tell you is that not all students took the survey. I spoke with the school leader in Montbello and they told me we gave out our survey the last day of school during first period. Now, you know, you and I can both imagine what we were doing on the last day of school during first period. And if you gave me a survey, I'm telling you now, I would not be taking it seriously. Uh, and nor would I probably be on school to t- on time on the last day of school for the first period. So that system that we tried to give people a survey was just ridiculous because not all schools followed the same survey. And then even the school that this situation prompted with, which, which was East, they had no survey results to, to give to the board. And that's the school where we saw the two shootings in the last year. Correct. So understanding that your colleagues saw the same data that you did, you've had multiple conversations, I'm sure, as a board about this. What do you think is driving the way that the vote turned out? Uh, Political expediency. It's no coincidence that uh, the individual who brought the resolution forward and pushed it forward, Director Balderman, uh, got the resolution passed and then announced his his intention to run for reelection the next day, less than 24 hours, actually. So it was about he has a district that is a uh, predominantly white district um, that is a part of that majority or that, excuse me, that vocal minority that we are hearing from. And so it was appeasing his base so he can get reelected. President Gaetan has aspirations to be the next city councilwoman after Councilman Flynn. And her district, if you look at the last two elections that have happened in the, this year for mayor, they're swinging Republican. That is telling me that she is trying to signal to a base out there of saying she is tough on crime. She's she supports the police. Dr. Olson, uh, I actually can't really give you an understanding on why Dr. Olson voted the way she did, because she was the president of the board when we removed SROs and voted in the affirmative. So that is just still wild to me. Um, And then Director Lindsay, I knew that she supported the return of school resource officers from the day we appointed her to the school board. So her vote wasn't a surprise for me. But the other three, I was definitely blown away with, especially because two out of those three voted to remove SROs in the first place. And they're trying to say this is a different time than what was in 2020. But it makes me question their values on equity and Truly, for me, I, I question, were they really about Black lives or are they, were they about Black lives because it was convenient at the time? And now that we have moved post George Floyd's murder, it shows me that those individuals truly only were pro-Black lives because it was a hashtag and was the thing that was trending on Twitter. So beyond the vote, I know um, 
the the thing kind of we've been talking about a lot in the last couple of days is there was this one board meeting in particular that's come under a lot of scrutiny. And it was right after the second shooting at East High School this year. And um, some of my own colleagues in the local press sued to get the recording of the meeting released, but it is still private as of this conversation. Um, can you tell me what is what what would be what's in that recording? Because it's still private, there's not a lot that I can discuss, but I can tell you that I support the releasing of that footage. Um, I believe the community deserves to have the transparency of the decision-making process that brought school resource officers back temporarily. Now, what I have said publicly, which I was almost censured over by Board President Gaetan, is the superintendent told me prior, told me and the president prior to the meeting in the executive session, the mayor was going to sign an executive order deploying police back to schools if the board did not act. The mayor has denied this, and the superintendent has confirmed this conversation in the Denver Post. So I don't believe that the superintendent is lying to us, but I do know that that comment guided a lot of the discussions and fear um, of board members in that moment, because we did not want to have the institution of the school board threatened by a potential mayoral control takeover, knowing that both of the leading candidates in that t- at that time we're looking to exercise potential mayoral control over our school district. And I'm still concerned what a mayor, Mike Johnston, might do if the Denver School Board would ever to take school resource officers back out of schools. Would he attempt to exercise mayoral authority over our independent school district? I don't know. Unfortunately, um, you know, the district has appealed that uh, decision to release that executive session, uh, which I believe is going to further waste taxpayer dollars. Um, it, it, it definitely weakens the trust you all as community have in this institution uh, and it, us as individuals. And I support the release of that tape, regardless of how it's going to make any of us look. Uh, I know that personally, I was very angry. I know I use cuss words. I was angry at the mayor, the superintendent, my colleagues, and I had an emergency surgery 24 hours prior to then going into that board meeting. So I was, you'll hear me uh, say that I'm I'm bleeding, which uh, when I will refer to as bleeding from my scar um, in that, that moment, because that's the amount of pain that I was in and where I should not have been was at that school board meeting, but I knew I had to show up for my community. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. Just before this vote to return SROs to schools, you yourself announced that you're no longer running for re-election, but instead you're running for uh, Representative Leslie Harrod's seat in House District 8. Um, I wonder what you say to voters in District 8 who have followed this sort of 
I mean, a, a pretty dysfunctional year for the school board, last couple of years for the school board, um, who might be apprehensive about you representing them. Yeah, I know that I'm not going to be able to win everybody over, but I'm confident that I am able to represent this district. I'm in the state legislature. Uh, I won this district already in the school board race um, and in some areas with over 75 percent of the vote. Uh, and I know that times have changed from 2019 to 2023, um, but I look forward to connecting with voters on the on the campaign trail. Um, and what prompted my decision to run was with a conversation of a, with a black family that attends East High School. They asked me, well, what are you going to do about it in response to me telling them I could not change the broken gun laws? And so this is me doing something about it. I know my community is hurting. I know that there are school districts in this state that are acting as if they uh, are under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis. We're not going to be a state where school districts pay teachers uh, ridiculously low wages. Um, we're going to enshrine abortion and reproductive health care in our constitution. We will ban assault weapons. We need Democrats that are going to be Democrats, not just when it's convenient for them. And that's what's fueled my passion to run for this seat is individuals run for this this seat in the legislature. They get in, they have a D behind their name, and then they vote like a Republican. And so we also need to be able to return the voice and experience of a Black man to the legislature. There are currently no Black men in the House of Representatives, and that needs to change. Like we've talked about, you really spearheaded this work to get SROs out of schools. You're, you're moving on to this next phase in your career, and it feels like maybe this big achievement for you is being rolled back a little bit because they're being put back into schools. How do you feel about that in this moment? Uh, you know, it's frustrating, but we've been able to uh, accomplish so many other things on the Denver school board just outside of school resource officers. 21,000 kids this fall will be screened for dyslexia or other reading difficulties, closing uh, the, the literacy gap in our district. Our educators are paid the highest in the state. Our paraprofessionals make over make $21 an hour as of this year. We have consistently led on diversity, equity, and inclusion work. We passed the No Justice, No Peace resolution. We've done so many great things um, around Black excellence as well. So this is just one uh, victory of mine that has been rolled back out of the, the dozens that I have had on the school board. Um, and I'm very frustrated. However, I am grateful to know that there are other champions on the board that will be able to lead once the board gets some new people to be able to say, maybe we need to rethink what we did in 2023. Because again, what we did worked. 90% reduction in tickets and citations amongst our students. 90%. It worked. So now this is an opportunity for us to turn the page um, and say they made a misguided decision but we're still going to be focusing and fighting for students. And that's exactly what I plan to do when I am elected to the legislature. I'll be a supportive partner of Denver Public Schools. Um, but I'm also going to be a, an active champion with the last six months that I have left in office. Um, I'm working with community groups uh, and individuals and other board members to launch a program uh, to help students that may be impacted by the school to prison pipeline. And we'll be announcing that in August. And so we look forward to the, the work that we will be doing to protect these students. The fight isn't over just because a vote didn't go our way. The struggle for equity continues. The struggle uh, to end this system of oppression continues. But we will make it out on the other side. My grandmother always told me that throughout every storm, there's always a rainbow on the other side of the storm. So you were elected to the DPS board in 2019 when you were 19 years old. 
Um, I wonder, looking back on these last couple of years on the board, what have you learned about politics in Colorado? <laughs> uh, um, I, I would say that politics in Colorado are not friendly for Black people. I'll be very honest with you. I think that we need to, uh, as Black elected officials, need to have our own support act- or support network um, of both former and current elected officials to be able to help guide us when we are in office. Um, because I got thrown into the to the lion's den without any sort of mentorship. And I had to figure it out on my own. And, you know, this process has exposed gaps in my leadership. And I have been forthright on, um, uh, you know, taking accountability when needed. Um, but I also would never want anybody to ever go through the experience that I've gone through. If anybody young ever asked me if they should run for school board, I would likely tell them no. And I also know that our elected officials that have D behind their names are fake as hell. I am tired of folks coming to the black community and pandering for a vote and forgetting about us when they get elected. We got to be better than that. Deontay Anderson, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Note on that recording of the pivotal board meeting that Director Anderson and I discussed. Chalkbeat reports that DPS appealed the judge's order to release the recording, but the judge denied the appeal yesterday. DPS now has two weeks to publicly release the recording. Meanwhile, Superintendent Alex Moreto is set to deliver his comprehensive safety plan, including a policy managing the return of police to schools in the fall on June 30th. We'll put some links to learn more about this whole situation in the show notes. what else Denverites are talking about. It's Bike to Work Day. If you haven't participated in a Bike to Work Day before, get ready for happy people hanging out on the city's major bikeways, ready to toss you a breakfast burrito or sign you up for their email list. Denverite reports that the Denver Police Department will also be hosting registration events for a new service to help deter bike theft. They've partnered with Project 529, a group that has created a detailed bike registration program that includes community support and awareness in the hopes that stolen bikes can be returned to their rightful owners. And finally... La Raza Park is officially a historic cultural district. The designation commemorates the park's pivotal role in Denver history, thanks to the Chicano movement, which began in the 1960s and continues today. The Denver Post reports that city council's vote Monday night came two years after they officially changed the name from Columbus Park to La Raza Park. This is a huge step forward for a city where the Chicano community was once banned from swimming in public pools, like the one that used to be in La Raza Park. It also comes in the context of a citywide effort to better recognize historic landmarks associated with BIPOC communities. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the DPS teacher in your life about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. I had a very nice listener actually send me uh, this like all purpose scraper thing when I became a parent. He was like, you're going to need this. (laughs) Uh, This lovely gentleman named Alan was like, you're going to.
I'm a parent, trust me. You're going to need to be scraping a lot of gross stuff off of surfaces in your home. 